Okay, Rabotai, let's continue. Yesterday, yesterday we learned the Pasuk that says, Me'ayin Yavo Aizri. Aizri Me'ayim Hashem. We learned that Pasuk not as a question answer, rather as a cause and result. Me'ayin Yavo Aizri. When a person is able to reach a mindset, an understanding that he has no one else to help him. When you have such a clarity that nobody could help you and you don't rely, therefore, on anybody, then then Hashem will be there for you completely. And we said yesterday that a person doesn't have to we doesn't have to wait to be desperate to have such a mindset that's not the preferred way of doing things the best way to do it is that when you have everything and you have all the connections and you have all the possibilities and you bring yourself to feel that's through the power of tefillah a person prays when a person prays and he prays the right way, the surah of the tefillah, the way tefillah is supposed to be, is a person who turns to Hashem for every single need in his life and recognizes that although he's making the hishtadlut, he's making the effort, but in no way is he putting his eggs in that person's basket that he's going to in any area in life person can elevate his life and that's what tefillah is really all about that's why we need it so often that our tefillah needs to be an investment in me'ayin yavo ezri that's really what it is instead of getting to hazve shalom a position in life where you really feel helpless Hashem does that for us by the way as a favor when we feel helpless it's also a favor because really what we're supposed to come on to on our own on our own, we're supposed to come to You don't have to come to it through a reality of helplessness. Is there a difference between tefillah and bitahon? So tefillah is the building of bitahon. Bitahon is built through tefillah. When we pray, our amidah is supposed to be focused, right? Not only in our needs. The opposite, Hashem gave us our needs. Why did He give us needs? He gave us needs so we build our bitahon, to build our relationship with Him. So really when we, well, every, every part of the Amidah, every request that we have, is another opportunity of recognizing me'ayin yavo ezri. Atahonen, I'm not relying on my mind. Yeah. It's an investment in bitahon. Not automatically. If you don't invest in your tefillah, you're not going to get to bitahon. No. But if we pray, at least the amidah, if a person focuses the amidah and goes through every biracha and understands and strengthens his understanding that me'ayin yavo ezri, I only have one address for everything that I need in my life and we go through all the needs. This is what tefillah was made for. Now, 
That's what we learned yesterday. That the goal is me'ayin yavo ezri on your own. That's through tefillah primarily. Now the pasuk ends, strangely enough, ezri me'ayim Hashem. Mean when I have me'ayin yavo ezri, what does that bring? It brings ezri me'ayim Hashem. Nice. But the pasuk ends, who made or who makes shamayim varets. Why is that? What does that have to do with anything? I mean, Hashem is, doesn't really need at this point in Tehillim a description of who he is. What's wrong with Ezri Me'im Hashem? Just period. What's Oseh shamayim varets? Some explain, some explain that sometimes a person really is desperate and he can't see any way out of his problem. Can't even imagine a salvation. And because he's in that mindset, he starts to lose hope. There's nothing worse in life than a person who lost hope. When you lose hope, you lose the ability to actually get what you're what you're what you're missing. There's a, a beautiful explanation by a great rabbi on the subject of returning lost objects. We know that halakha that a person who finds a lost object, obviously it belongs to somebody, he has to return it to the person. Halakha says that if by the time you pick up the lost object, right before you picked it up, let's say you found a Rolex watch on the floor, right? And you know the owner. And you're about to pick it up to go give it back to him, like the Torah commands. As you're picking it up, right before you pick it up, you hear the guy talking to his friend, and he says to his friend, no, I lost my watch. I looked, I looked, I looked. I give up. I'm going tomorrow to buy another one. I gave up. Tell, no, no, right? He's not, he's not saying he doesn't want it. He's just saying he gave up. So he lost hope. So the halakha says that I'm allowed to take the watch and keep it. Maybe a nice thing to give back to him. It may be a nice hesed to give back to him. But according to halakha, you don't have to give back to him. If you want to keep it, you could keep it. Even though you know it's his watch. Why? Because he lost hope. When you lose hope, you lost your right to it. You follow that in Hashavat Aveda. As long as you have hope, you own the item. You lose hope, it's like making it ownerless. It becomes disconnected from you. So one great rabbi said, you see from here not only a principle in lost objects, but you see a principle in hopelessness, right? When a person has a lost object, let's say I lost a watch. I don't know where it is. So what value, what connection rather, does the lost object have to me? Can I sell a lost object? I can't sell it. I don't have it to sell it. Can I give it as a gift to the Beta Mikdash? I can't make it Hegdesh. Not here. 
So what connection do I have to a lost object that it's still called mine? A guy sees a watch. Oh, that belongs to him. It belonged to me at once. It did belong to me. But at, th at this point, I have no physical connection to it. And I can't really do anything with it because I don't know where it is. So what connection does an owner have to his lost object that makes him still an owner? Answer is the only thing he has is called hope. That means the hope, the hope of getting back his watch makes his watch still his watch. The minute he loses hope, so he lost the only connection he has to his watch. So basically he relinquished his ownership, which came through the hope. There's nothing else that he can't use it, he can't sell it, he can't give it to Zedakah. He can't do anything with it. So what did he have? He had hope. Oh, you lost your hope, so there's nothing left. What, what, what connection do you have? You're no longer called the owner of the item. We give back lost objects to their owners. If you're not an owner anymore, then you're not getting it back. So a great rabbi once said that this is not only in lost objects, but also in life. That a person in life has certain things that they need. So long as a person has hope that he can actually get to where he needs or get what he needs, so long as you have hope in your situation for what you're looking for, then you have a connection to what you're looking for. So you need something, you need a Yeshua, you need a salvation. Right? You have hope that you can get there, even though it may be far away, but you have hope. So that salvation is considered connected to you. It's within your reach. But the minute you lose hope on that salvation, so you no longer have that salvation available to you. You disconnected your possibility of getting to the salvation because the hope that is the loss that you disconnected from the item, the, the, the hope that you didn't have disconnected you from any possibility of getting the item. So bottom line in life, Hopelessness is a very big tragedy. A big tragedy. A person is hopeless is a person who has no longer kohot. He loses his strength and ability to reach the many, many ne necessary blessings and acquisitions of life, whether they be physical or spiritual. Me'ayin yavo is a person desperate. A real desperate person has one major danger of giving up hope. In any situation that a person is in, when he feels desperate, losing hope is a very big danger. So the Pasuk says, One of the ways that a person strengthens himself in times of despair, in times where you could lose hope, but you could have despair. What, what possible tools can a person use to strengthen himself when the Yeshua looks impossible? It looks like it's nowhere to be found. How is it going to happen? 
How is this going to change? How am I going to live my life? A person could feel that way in many situations. Says the Pasuk, Do you remember how Hashem created the world? When Hashem created the world, Bereshit bara Elohim et ve'et In the beginning, Hashem created the heavens and earth. What was before the creation of heavens and earth? Where was the heaven and earth before Hashem made them? Where were they? Where was the heavens and earth before Hashem made heavens and earth? They didn't exist. We call that in Hebrew, Ayn. Yesh, Hashem made something. Yesh, existence. Yesh, me'ayin. Hashem created something from nothing. Something we never witnessed in our lives. We never saw anything like that. We never saw someone creating something from nothing. We saw people taking parts and building them together. But we never saw something that didn't exist. And all of a sudden, it came into existence. That's a... That's only a godly thing. When Hashem made the world, He made it yesh me'ayin. He made it something from nothing. So the one that's going to help you, the one that's helping you, is oseh shamayin ba'aret. So even when your situation, even when your position is desperate and you don't even see light ahead of the tunnel you don't see any way out of the problem you can never live life again with happiness because that's it it's over you can never unfortunately in life sometimes those things happen says the pasuk one thing don't lose hope if your hope is in the doctor and the doctor says it's over then it's over if it looks like it's over in business, if it looks like it's over in certain family situations, if it looks like it's over, so then that's it, it's over. But once you reach Aizri Me'im Hashem, right, if it's Aizri Me'im Hashem, so all of a sudden, now you have someone who's all Shemaim Baratz. You're talking about someone who made Yesh Me'aim. He took something from something that didn't exist. So even though you don't see even a light, you don't see a way out, but now your hope is in someone who could take something that has no way out and make a way out. So maybe you could see, you're right, your vision is, there's no way out, you're right. Ayn, me ayn yavo ezri. Ayn means, there's no hope. Oh, ezri me'im Hashem, oseh shamayim ba'aret. Just remember, when you turn to Hashem, remember who you're turning to. You're turning to someone who can make yesh me'ayin. And therefore, you should strengthen your hope in salvation of your situation. Because that's the beginning of your salvation. Your hopelessness will make Hashem unable to help you. Hashem could help you, but you got to have hope. So Ezri Me'im Hashem is, you turn to Hashem, Hashem, you're the one that can help me. But if you're hopeless, even if you turn to Hashem for help, but if you think it's hopeless, 
So then you have no connection to ever getting that. Just like by a lost object. You lost it. It's gone. So you got to come in with Ezri Meim Hashem. You got to go to Hashem and say, listen, I'm only relying on you. But you have to have hope too. If you don't have hope, Hashem can't help you. Where's your hope? Your hope is that you are putting your eggs in the basket of someone who can create something from nothing. And you're right. Your situation is hopeless. You're right. Maybe it is hopeless. Maybe you don't see a way out. And maybe the way it looks, there is no way out. Could be you're right. And all those points. Oh, but you're lucky. Because the one that you're relying on, he, he creates yesh me'ayin. He creates something from nothing. And that becomes your hope. Usually hope comes from, oh, hopefully this could happen. Oh, hopefully that could happen. Maybe that one can come through. Maybe this. Usually hope comes from something, even if it's remote. But what happens when there's nothing? You can't even imagine what could be what. what what's going to happen? Oh, now is stepping in for you. And he can create something that doesn't even exist. And that becomes your hope. So this pasuk is very powerful. Comes out to be a very powerful statement. Again, let's review now. I'm stuck. I have no hope in my situation. No salvation to my problem. Okay. Now, you say, Hashem, I have nobody to turn to. I have only you to turn to. But, again, you got to add to that. Turning to Hashem without hope is you're giving your right, your right direction to Hashem, but He can't help you. You make yourself hopeless, He can't help you. So therefore, you strengthen your hope when you turn to Hashem in that He creates yesh me'ayin. So beautiful, beautiful words to remember. Whenever we say those words, so we're saying two things. Remember, two things. We're saying, Hashem, you're the one helping us. I'm not turning to anybody else. And once you're the one helping, I don't have to see with my eyes the salvation for you to create the salvation. What do you think of that? It's very powerful. It's really very nice. I want to share with you I need to share with you, it's very much connected to what we just said, but a little more. The Yarod Devash, Rav Yonasan Aifshet, Alava Shalom, writes in his Sefer on this Pasuk, a little different twist on the meaning of the words that we just learned. But I believe it's very much connected. He says that a person sometimes feels me'ayin. Me'ayin means I am not worthy of Hashem helping me. Meaning, so far we spoke about a guy who's desperate because he's in a position in life where he can't find anyone to help him. So he feels desperate. So he turns to Hashem. But says the Yarod Devash, there's a different kind of desperate. 
it doesn't come from others that can't help you. Here's a guy, he knows that Hashem is the one who helps. He's not turning to others. But even then he has a problem. Because he says, What have I done in my life that Hashem should help me? I feel I haven't accomplished enough. I feel like a zero in my accomplished. I haven't prayed the way I'm supposed to pray. I haven't kept kosher the way I'm supposed to. I haven't kept Shabbat the right way. I haven't been learning Torah for a hundred years. I haven't been really respecting people the right way. I haven't been respecting my parents the right way. I've been taking money the wrong way. I've been doing business the wrong way. I haven't given kavod to people the right way. I haven't, I mean, the guy says, of course Hashem will help me. Of course Hashem is the source of giving me what I need. I have that much. But me'ayin, why would he help me? Me'ayin yavo ezri. I feel I am not worthy that Hashem, I don't deserve it. And the truth is, if we look at our lives and we compare how much Hashem has given us, how much Hashem blessed us, and we study not just this morning, you know, we like to study only the last thing that we did. This morning I went to pray and I learned. Good. You forgot the last 50, 60 years of your life. You forgot what you didn't do. You forgot what you did do wrong. So if you look at all the things that Hashem gave you, not Ayn doesn't mean that I did nothing. No, don't, don't misunderstand that. There's nobody that did nothing. But if you look at all of what Hashem gave you in your life, from the time that you were born and before that even, and you look at what you've done compared to what you've been given, that's called Ayn. You've done nothing. You haven't done much. Because even the little that you did and the little that I did doesn't compare to what we're supposed to do based on all that we got. So here's a guy. He knows Hashem is in charge. Hafuch. He has no trust in people. He knows Hashem is the source. He knows Hashem is the address. But when he looks at himself and he sees himself vis-a-vis -vis the Creator, he ignored the Creator for 60 years of his life. He ignored him. The Creator told him, listen, I want you to do this. Yeah, what do you know? Okay. He ignored him. The Creator told him, don't do that. Ignored him. Not once. 60 years. Every day, he's ignoring the Creator of the world. You understand? And now all of a sudden, he tells Hashem, I'm here. I have trust in you. I know you're there for me. So it's true, Hashem is there for you. But where's the other side here? Where are you? Could you imagine? Imagine that on human terms. Imagine on human terms a person you do so much for and you continue to do so much for and they disappoint you once, not twice, once. Already you're like, this guy, it's it. I'm done with him. How many times? Once, twice? Check how many times. How many times a guy has to do something for you to say, I'm done with you? Twice, twice. Three strikes, you're out. It's American based. Could you imagine how many times you struck out? 
You know how many strikes we have against us? Forget it. It's endless. So the guy says, he's, the guy's being realistic. He's turning to Hashem. I know I'm turning to you. I know you can help me. I know you're Oseh Shamayim Ba'aretz. You can do Yesh Me'ayin, Hazakobaru. I know that. But Me'ayin, Yavo Ezri. What do I have? That I'm going to come in front of the Creator and say, Hashem, help me. What have I done in my life that could actually show that I am deservant of any kind of help? I feel like Ayn. I feel like a zero. Not zero, uh, I have no help from others. That's the way we learned till now. But the new way to learn Me'ayin is, I feel I have no merit. Like it says, we read in the Haggadah, Ve'at Erom Ve'eryan. Person is, has, is, is like, has, huh? He's naked, meaning naked from mitzvot. I'm Yisrael and left Mitzrayim. At Erom Ve'eryan. We had nothing. We didn't have anything to us. No merits. A person feels he has no merits. And that could be one of the reasons why a person doesn't have bitahon. One of the reasons a person doesn't have bitahon is because he relies on others. That's one possible distraction from real bitahon. Another kind of distraction in real bitahon is that I know nobody else can help me, only Hashem. But I'm not worthy that Hashem should help me. That's a different kind of me'ayin, ya Ezri. Follow? Me'ayin could be from people. I lost all my friends, all my helpers. That's one kind. Me'ayin means I lost my ability to deserve Hashem's protection. That's the way the Ya'arod Dvash learns the pasuk. Me'ayin, ya Ezri. Hashem, how, why would you give me after all that I have done? Says the Pasuk, according to this explanation. It's, by the way, it's very similar. It's, it's what we said before. Just a little deeper, I think. He says, Ezri me'im Hashem. shamayim Look how beautiful this is. Why Oseh shamayim ba'aretz? When Hashem made the world and He created the first men, when Hashem made Shamaim Ba'aret, what zechut did Adam Arishon have when Hashem created him and He gave him everything? He put him in Gan Eden. What zechut? What did He do to deserve it? Zero. When Hashem made Shamaim Ba'aret, it wasn't from a zechut. It wasn't because we deserved it. That's why Hashem gave us. Hashem gave us without deserving. Ezri, you feel you're not deserving. You feel me'ayin yavo ezri. I'm not deserving of Hashem giving me anything. But well, let's look how Hashem operates. Ezri me'im Hashem. Could you tell me what Adam meant to deserve to get created and to get all the bounty he got? Nothing. So why did Hashem create him? So why did he create him? He created him because he believed that Adam could become something special. He believed that Adam could become a great person. He believed that Adam could become a godly person. So actually when Hashem gave Adam everything, he didn't deserve anything, but it was all in the hope 
that Adam would create something in the future. So me'ayin yavoh ezri says Hashem is the wrong way of looking at things. When I look at a person to decide if I should give him or don't give him, I don't look at what he didn't do. I don't look at what he doesn't deserve. I look in the future. I see if he's someone worthy of investing in so that he will be able to make something out of himself. Hashem doesn't work like me and you. Me and you, we work in the past. We see someone did this to us, someone didn't do this to us, and we knock them out. We say, I'm not helping you. Because me, between, with, with me and you, it's about us. It's about our ego. It's about that we got hurt. And we look at people based on what they did. We judge people based on the past. But Hashem doesn't judge based on the past. Hashem judges based on the future. And therefore, there's no such thing as, oh, what did I do to deserve this? Maybe you did nothing, but you could do something to deserve it. Would you be willing to upgrade your life and then you wouldn't deserve it? Would you be willing to take on new things in your life? Then you would deserve it. Hashem doesn't care about your past. Hashem is looking at your future. And the more you commit yourself to a higher, greater future, the more Hashem will create yesh me'ayin for you. Hashem will make something from nothing for you, just like He made in the creation of the world. Even though you had no zechut when you were created, but He created you because He believed in you. And if you could believe in yourself, and you could take in yourself a position, Hashem, I'm ready. Maybe I don't deserve anything. You gave me so much for 60 years, 70. You gave me so much. I didn't do anything. But you know what? I'm ready to turn the corner. I'm ready to make myself a special person, the one that you created. I'm ready to be connected to you. I'm ready to do it. That's Osei Shamayim Baaretz. Hashem doesn't look at you at what you did. He's looking at what you're going to do. The same way when he created you and he created the world. So what a what a what a beautiful what a beautiful pasuk. It's really very similar but in different directions. The first way is means I have no people to help me. That's the first shot. Hashem says, No, I can help you. Nobody has to help you. The second is I have no merit to help me. Not I have no people. I have no merit that could help me. Hashem says, I'm the one that doesn't look at previous merit. I am the Hashem who made Shemaim Ba'aretz. So you have a, don't lose hope that you don't have merits. You have hope because you're dealing with me. If you're dealing with humans, you could lose hope that you messed up so much in the past. But you're dealing with me. You never lose hope because I'm going to look at your future. Oh, oh beautiful. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? You see what's going on? Phil, that was so beautiful. I hope they get this on the, the, on the, on, on the recording. Is that beautiful? Phil said like this. Every morning we wake up and we say, ani Hashem, I admit, I thank you. That you right? That you gave back my neshama today. This morning I woke up. Behemla, it was with such compassion. You had such mercy on me. Rabba emunatecha. 
Great is the emunah in you. That's the simple explanation. Rabbah emunatecha means great is the emunah that I have in you. But seemingly, who says that every guy has emunah in Hashem? Because Hashem gave you back your soul, that shows you have emunah in Him. How does that show? And besides, the word emunatecha means your emunah, not my emunah. So they explain emunatecha means, why did you give me back my soul today? Am I such a big tzaddik? Have I been so great in my life that I deserved another day? Did you look at my, uh, and my past, my portfolio and say, wow, this guy is doing unbelievable. He needs another day. Is that what happened here? It's not what happened. What happened is, Rabbah emunatecha. Great is the emunah, the faith that you have in me. You have faith in me that I will be even if I disappointed, even if I didn't do, Rabbah Emunatecha, how great is the Emunah you have in me, that the faith that you believe in me, that you believe I can be something, even though I have messed up and I have disappointed many times over. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. You have hope in Him and He has hope in you. Beautiful. And both are necessary. You have to have hope in Hashem and He has to, and, and, he has hope in you. Beautiful. And once he has hope in you, you have hope that you're able to achieve and get to where you need to get to. All right, John. Have a good day.